He is good, isn't he? Sorry, can, I, can I interrupt? Is that okay? Yeah. You, you want to interrupt? Yeah, just, just for a second. Does anybody mind? I, just, I didn't get to put my question in the, uh, in the thing back there. So, I mean, do you mind like a quick lightning round to, just to make sure, you know, you're ready, you're, you're, you're good to go? Lightning round of questions? Yeah. Are you good with that? Let's do it. All right. Um, okay. What kind of man was Boaz before he was married? He was ruthless. <laughs> wow. Okay, that was good. That, that was, was good. pretty good, right? Um, okay. Um, all right. No, no. Here, I'm gonna stump him. We, we'll see. Um, nice try, though. Yeah, I good. like it. Um, how long? How long did Cain hate his brother? As long as he was able. <laughs> you got one more? I think I got one more. Um, all right. Who would you say? was the boldest lawbreaker in the Bible, and why? Boldest lawbreaker in the Bible. I'm going to go with Moses, because he broke all Ten Commandments in one try. <laughs> I can't. That's a winner. Drop the mic. Yes. My man. That was good. Thanks, brother. We'll see, if we, we'll see what you got next week, all right? You may have to revisit some old, old Bible stories to, to catch some of those jokes. Um, but I hope that it, it provided a, a mini laugh uh, for you this morning. Uh, we're kicking off a brand new series here at Walk Church this morning that I'm super excited about. We've been pumped up about this series uh, for a while now. And the, the name of it is Asking for a Friend. Finding answers to tough questions in life. Asking, asking tough questions about life and then looking to God's word for those answers. And over the past few weeks, we've collected some data uh, from you guys. So we wanted you to help shape these questions because we want to know the questions that were on your heart. We didn't ask your names. We just asked you to either send a text or fill out a card with what's your toughest question that you would love to have our preaching team answer from the Bible. And we collected all these questions. There was a whole lot of them. And we compiled the top five most popular questions. And so I'm going to go ahead and share the five questions that we're going to be answering over the next five weeks in no particular order, all right? These are the questions that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be ask, answering the question, what happens to us when we die? There were several questions that came in that had to do with death, afterlife. What happens to the body? What's going on in heaven? What about hell? What happens when a person dies? Another one was, how does a person know for sure that they are saved and a lot of those questions had a little question mark and a dash that says, like, for example, what about people in other religions and there's different views on salvation? How do you know for sure and can you know for sure if you're really saved? Another question. Uh, what does the Bible say about the subject of homosexuality? Uh, a whole bunch of questions came around this kind of hot topic in our culture today. And uh, we don't want to shy away from the questions uh, because we believe God has answers and it's because these are the questions that you guys voted on so some of them we were like oh man um we got to answer them now because we said we would uh the another question was how can we hear from god does god speak to us today and how do we know when he's speaking another one was what does the bible say about relationships things like dating things like uh, friendships what things about who should I have a relationship with who should I not a bunch of questions came in like that so we compiled them all together 
And we said, all right, well, here's the top five questions that people in our church are looking for answers for. So let's go ahead and look to God's word and talk about them and have a conversation about them, have a dialogue around them and believe God to, to, to answer them in our midst. Before we kick it off with our first question today, and the reason why I, I show you these five in no particular order is because we want you guys to, to, to dive in and really own this series and commit to being here. So we're, it's a mystery what's going to be talked about next week, all right? So one of these is going to get hit up, but I hope that you want to be here because these are the questions that you want to know more about. And maybe this is an opportunity to invite somebody, right? Maybe somebody's questioning about relationships. Maybe somebody's questioning about uh, 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 how do I know that I'm saved or not? Maybe somebody has questions about the subject of homosexuality. And that's something that we can talk about here at church with the Bible in front of us, with the gospel in front of us, with the love and grace of God in front of us, and have a conversation about what God says about these things. This would be an opportunity to invite somebody. I have two quick disclaimers I want to give before we jump into the message today. If you're ready, say ready. The first disclaimer that I want to give to you today is before we jump into this series is that the person that's standing before you today and standing in front of you right now is simply a mailman, all right? I looked up what mailman is by definition. Here's the definition of a mailman, a person who delivers the mail, all right? That's it. It could be a mailman or a male woman or a male kid or a male, it's just a person who takes the mail given and provides it, all right? So here's what I'm doing, all right? I'm gonna be preaching all five of these messages, and I'm just gonna give you my word as the mailman here, that I am just trying to be a faithful, careful mailman with what God has given us for his people, amen? Is that fair, right there? The, the mailman's job is not necessarily to go through the mail, the mailman's job is not to ask, why are you sending that piece of mail to this person, right? That's a bad mailman, right? It, this, this book right here has that, that careful wrapping all around it. Like, like, be careful with my word. Handle it correctly. Like, who wants somebody to have, it's Christmas time, the, it's an Amazon guy, shows up at your door and just slams a box through it. You're like, yo, what are you doing, right? That's not what I'm doing here, all right? And I'm not giving my opinion on these questions. I just want to go ahead and say, God... What type of mail do you want to deliver to Walk Church? And those who may be joining us online. And Father, use me to faithfully deliver your mail to your people. That's it. All right? You ever heard the phrase, don't hate the mailman? Don't shoot the mailman? Something like that? Amen. You got me. Let me give you the second uh, disclaimer before we jump into this series. There's a verse of scripture that um, I just want to bring to our attention. It may be helpful for you. It's been helpful for me. It's actually Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. So if you can't remember, just got to remember the, 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 the number 29 and the word Deuteronomy. How could you forget the word Deuteronomy? Everybody say Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Let's read it off the screen. Are you ready? Can you read it with me? One, two, three. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Why is it that I choose to read this verse to you? Because there's a principle here in this verse that we need to know. And here's what it is. Are you ready? It's that there's some secret things that God has chosen not to reveal to us. 
And, and I'm just going to give you my conviction. I've just chosen to be okay with that. All right? I've just chosen to humbly submit to God and say, you know what, Father, there's certain things that you've chosen to not reveal to us for your own godly glorifying good reasons, and I'm all right with that. I mean, sometimes there's questions that we ask, and you might hear me say, you know what, I'm not sure. And I, I've studied the word. I have a master's. I, I, I believe in God's word. I sp- this is my life. But sometimes I, it's just a, you know what, that's a secret thing that belongs to the Lord, and I don't have that answer. I thought about that this week. Uh, one, of the, one of the members in our church uh, got his wisdom teeth pulled out. And I thought, God, why did you create wisdom teeth? Have you ever thought about that? Like, they come in, they get pulled out. I don't, like, I'm going to be in heaven one day, and I'm just going to say, Father, what's the whole wisdom teeth thing about? And he's going to have a really cool answer that's going to blow my mind. But until that moment, that goes in my Deuteronomy 29 catalog, all right? Maybe you have some questions that you just don't got all the answers to. Let me tell you something today. That's all right. Go ahead and place it in the Deuteronomy 29 box and, and, and be okay with that. I think that it'll save you some, some encouragement and maybe pulling out some hair. Let me look at that verse one more time really quick because there's one more part that I want to highlight, and that's this phrase right here, the but right there. But the things that are revealed, come on, belong to us. And I'll tell you something, church. The more I study God's word, the more I realize he's revealed so much that I don't even know about. Like, I'm still trying to catch up to the things he's revealed to us. King David said in the law one time, he said, man, I, my mind can't even comprehend all the things that God wants to show me. Like, I'm, I'm not even there yet. I'm just scratching the surface of all that God has revealed. So I think that there's enough for us to learn from and gain from and be a part of and embrace and enjoy. If you believe it with me, say amen. 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 Well, that leads me to talk about the first question that we're going to highlight in our series is this question right here. How can we hear from God? It's a question that several people wrote about in one way or the other. They said, can I hear from God? How do I hear from God? How do I know if it's not my voice? How do I know if it's his voice? When do, when do I know if he's talking to me? Does he still talk to me? And so we just, we just comprised it to, to this question. How can we hear from God? It, it, can we hear from God is the question. And I believe that we can. And I believe that the Bible teaches us that we can if we would just take time to listen. I love how author and pastor Max Lucado says it. He says, our ears, unlike our eyes, do not have lids. They are intended to remain open. How long has it been since you had your hearing checked? When God sows a seed your way, what's the result? Remember, faith comes from hearing. The reason why I, I show you that there is because God created us with ears to hear. He wants us to hear and to hear him speak. How do I know that? Well, seven times in the New Testament, Jesus himself says, if you have ears to hear, hear. Listen. Tune. Tune in. The other reason why I wanted us to kick our series off with this specific question is because It's in this question that we realized all the other questions are informed. If we miss it on this question, 
all the other ones won't make sense. Remember, we're not asking a best help tip life book these questions. We're asking God these questions. We're saying, God, reveal to us through your book these questions so we felt as a team that it was only right to start out with this question, how can we hear from God? Not just can we hear from God. I think that, I think that the majority of us would say, yeah, we can hear from God, but the question is, well, well how do we hear from God? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to open your word. As we unfold it right now, we have a question before us, Lord. And we don't take this question lightly. There are people at this church, people watching online, people who have this question really in their hearts. And I know that this has been a big question in my life, God, so answer it for us today. Give us the answer. You said, Jesus, everyone who asks receives. If you ask by faith. We're knocking on your door, Father. Teach us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today I want to go ahead and give you four different ways that we can hear from God. I believe there's more ways than that that we can actually hear from God in different ways. But today I want to give you the four best ways that we can hear from God. God. We could spend a whole lot of time talking about that, but we only got a few minutes left. So we're going to go ahead and run through the top four ways that we hear from God. And one of those ways is most authoritative. And that's what we're going to start with this morning. The first way that we hear from God is by his scriptures. By his scriptures. For our note takers out there, I would encourage you to take notes, take pictures of the screen, and maybe revisit these things later and make sure that I'm not making stuff up. But the first thing, and the first way that we can hear from God is by his scriptures. Let me pull a verse out for you in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Paul writes to his young church planting protege, Pastor Timothy, and he says, Timmy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for Correction for training in righteousness, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. He says, all scripture, everybody say all scripture. <clears throat> all scripture is breathed out by God. He says that all scripture is inspired by God. So some of your translations may say breathed. Some of your translations may say inspired. The point is that God inspired this Book. Let me just remind you, this is not a natural book, all right? This is a supernatural book. This is a living and active book. The ESV Study Bible, which is one of my favorite study Bibles of all time, says it like this. All scripture would refer first to the Old Testament. OT is another way to describe the Old Testament. But by implication also to at least some New Testament writings, NT, New Testament, which by this time were already being considered as scripture. I want to highlight that because as you look at 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says, excuse me, are we good? Everybody alive? All scripture is, is inspired, is breathed out by God. So maybe you'd be thinking, well, what's all of scripture? How do we know what scripture is? Well, we do have the Old Testament canonized for us, the Pentateuch, the law. Right? From Genesis to Malachi, we have the Old Testament. 
right here for us in the scriptures that the Jewish faith believes in as the actual word of God. So often in this book, you'll see the prophetic books, you'll see the wisdom books, you'll see the poetic books, you'll see books written by prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah and Malachi and Micah and minor prophets and major prophets. You'll see wisdom books like the Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. You'll see these books written by Moses like Genesis and Exodus, and as we just read from Deuteronomy, Numbers, Leviticus. I'm sure there's like a Sunday school song, but I don't know it. But maybe you can teach it to us one day. Um, but, but we see these, and throughout those scriptures, you'll see these, this phrase, thus say the Lord. God said this. When you have moments where God speaks something, that's scripture. Capital S, scripture. Holy scripture. But maybe you would say, well, the New Testament came after that. What, what does the New Testament say about Scripture? Is that considered Scripture? Does the New Testament call itself Scripture? Does everything after Malachi, where it started with Jesus, the New Testament consider itself Scripture? And the answer of that is yes as well. Let me give you a couple Scripture references where the New Testament claims itself as Scripture. And these are some homework items for you, so just stay with me. 1 Timothy 5.18. This is Paul writing to Timothy, as we just shared. And he uses a quote exclusively from Jesus and, and, and refers to it as scripture. So Paul says, Timothy, you know as the scripture says, and he quotes Jesus, right? So there's one evidence that the New Testament that we read, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the other letters that are canonized in the New Testament are actual scripture in itself. In the book of 2 Peter, written by Peter, in verse th chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, he, Peter refers to Paul's letters as scripture. Peter's writing to his audience and to the churches, and he says, I want you to be reminded that the dude Paul, sometimes he writes over your head. Sometimes what he says is confusing, but it's scripture. So I want, I want us to be reminded today that, that the scriptures that we're looking at today are actually from God. They're, they're breathed out by God. Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, he's giving his argument for his authority when writing his letter. He's saying, I want you to be reminded, if you're a skeptic in the room today, you're welcome here. But he's writing to you as well. And in, and in chapter 1 of 2 Peter, he says, some of you have thought that I'm making this up. And he says, I haven't come to you with myths. I actually followed Jesus. I didn't come to you with stories. I actually was on the mountain when Jesus transfigured him. All of a sudden, it was Moses there and Elijah there. And I was in, Jesus was glowing. And I was like, wow, this is happening. Peter said, I was there. And the words that I'm writing to you, they're not my words. They're his. He says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you here today that the Old and New Testament are books in the Bible. This library of collection of books here has been carried along carefully by the Holy Spirit of God himself and is trustworthy for us to hear God's voice today. All scripture is breathed out by God. Now let me be careful to make a quick distinction. It doesn't say that all the men were breathed out by God. It says the scripture was breathed out by God. Some people want to make too much of a mess and an argument about the people. Well, there were sinful people or there were people that, you know, they, what, what, they, men wrote the Bible. Well, it, it doesn't, don't focus on the man, focus on the scripture. The scripture that the men wrote is what God decided to inspire. And God said, all right, that, that right there, I'm going to breathe on that. I'm going to inspire that 
And let's pull up 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 one more time for the purpose. Let's see the purpose of the scripture. All scripture is breathed out by God, and here's what here's, it's profitable. For teaching, which we're doing right now, for reproof, sometimes we need correction. I need correction. You need correction to make us better. Amen? Correction and for training in righteousness so we can grow more like Christ. That the man or woman of God may be complete. How many of you want to just be complete in Christ? How many of you want to be equipped for the good work that God has called you for? I don't want to be on the battleground like, oh, I, I'm not equipped for this. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to respond. I don't know how to defeat the enemy that's trying to tempt me or attack me or ruin my family or, or ruin my city or ruin my church. I don't know. How to, I want to be equipped for every good work. Come on. Well, we have the scripture for us to do that. We really do. A Billy Graham, who recently passed away and is celebrating his parties in heaven around Christ, once said it like this. We don't need to wait for God to speak to us in a voice we can hear. Because he already has recorded his words for us in the Bible. God is not silent. He's told us everything we need to know about him. And it's been written down in the pages of the Bible. In other words, we don't need to wait around hoping God may decide to speak to us someday. All we need to do is open the Bible and discover the message he has for us. Maybe the purpose of asking that question, can God speak? is because you're waiting for him to do something that he's already done. Come on. Maybe you need to give this thing a dust. Dust that thing off and open it up. Well, where do I start? Pick a book. Does, that, does anybody read a Harry Potter book starting in chapter 13? No, you start in chapter 1. If you read a Harry Potter book, <laughs> you're like, out of all books, right? Um, that's fine. Uh, but but what I want to say here is this. You pick a book. Start in the New Testament. Pick the Gospel of Matthew, the first Gospel in the New Testament, and say, you know what? I'm going to read 10 verses a day, and I'm just going to move through this Gospel the whole month of April. I'm just going to start with verses 1 through 10. Quick disclaimer, it's genealogy. It's the so-and-so begot so-and-so, so-and-so begot so-and-so. But after those first few verses, you'll go into the Christmas story, and it'll be good, all right? <clears throat> Maybe not Matthew for the first one, all right? Try Mark. Try Mark. Try the highlight Gospel. I've read them all. They're all good doesn't matter which one read one don't make excuses read one if you can binge watch a Netflix show you can read a chapter in the Bible you can I can I can that's I'm, I'm preaching to my heart heart listen just just trying to I'm asking for a friend y'all I'm not it's not even for me I'm asking for I'm asking for you guys I'm asking for you guys. That's what Billy Graham says to us. The Bible is, is profitable for us. Um, maybe you don't have a Bible. Maybe, maybe you need a Bible. Uh, we have Bibles here today. Uh, we actually ordered some new Bibles. I preach from the ESV Bible. I, I like to read the English Standard Version of the Bible. And we ordered some new Bibles. And these are actually the large print. Because we had some folks that understandably said, man, the print is too small. I can't read it. So we got the large print to save you the excuse, all right? And we got some of the, hey, you got some extra amens. I see you, brother. I'm with you. Um, I feel you. And so, so we have these here. Um, there, we have one of these on every row. If you want one of these, just get one. Just take it. It's a gift to you. If it can help you read your word, take it. It's for you today. 
Um, before you leave, just find one that's at the end of the row. If not, we got them just placed around here strategically. If you see one, just grab it. Just grab it. It's yours. We also have uh, what's called the ESV Study Bible. I pulled my old brick ESV Study Bible out today. I want to preach from this bad boy today. Um, we got a slide I, I, I want to pull up that shows you the ESV Study Bible and, and, and this blue one right here. And we have these ESV Study Bibles uh, for sale today for $10. You can't find an ESV Study Bible for $10 anywhere but Walk Church. Come on. Because we love y'all and we want to make it accessible for you guys. We want to. Um, so if you want a free ESV large print Bible, they're, they're on your row somewhere. Grab it. Take it. If you want to give it to somebody, grab it. Give it to somebody. Just make sure when you give it to them, tell them read it. Maybe you say, can I read it with you? But the ESV study Bible's here today at Walk Church at our merch table. We got a handful of them for you, and we're going to sell them for $10. I think this was like 60 but you're going to get it for 10 I might go buy myself an extra one before this is over. Um, I, hope that, I hope that you would. I hope that you would. And if you need some help with that and you really want it, we can help you, all right? We just want to make sure you have God's word for you. Let me go ahead and move on to the, the second way we can hear from God. We first hear by, from God by his scriptures. The second way we hear from God is by his son. We hear from God by his son, and his son is named Jesus, right? Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says it like this. Long ago, long ago, many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Amen? Like God chose to speak to us by sending his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. God is speaking to us in a very general way by sending his son. What's the message that God is sending by sending his son? What's God speaking by sending his son? Here's what he's speaking. I love you. I don't know what other way God can speak. I love you. But by saying, son, you need to go take their place on the cross, in the grave, as a baby. Nina was talking to me the other day. She, goes, she just randomly said, can you believe that Jesus became a baby? Like, that's crazy. That's like the ultimate form of humility. Right. To be the savior of the world and to become a baby and to like grow up and to be like five years old and 12 years old and, you know, 33 years old, dying on the cross for people like you and I, for God so loved your name. For God so loved you, Tony. For God so loved you, Vernell. For God so loved you, Miss Diane, that he gave his son to speak to you. He just wanted to speak to you. He wanted to reveal himself to you in a fresh way. He's speaking to us through the form of his son. And I want you to be reminded that God is not done with you. And here's one evidence. It's through his son. John chapter 5, verse 39. I've been reading the Gospel of John in my devotional time, just one chapter a day. Sometimes not even a full chapter. But I noticed this week when I was reading, I said, there it is. There it is right there. The Pharisees began to question Jesus. And here's what Jesus said to him. He said, you search the scriptures because you think they gave you eternal life. The scriptures point to me. I say it like that because I say it how I read it. There's an exclamation point on there. He says, Jesus is putting them on blast. Have you ever had to put somebody on blast? Don't answer that, all right? Don't answer that. Je Jesus is like, I'm about to put y'all on blast. The scriptures point to me. I'm eternal life. You need me. 
I'm speaking to you. The Pharisees had Jesus right in front of them, speaking to them, literally speaking, God speaking. Red letter, Christ is speaking. I hope we listen. He's given us ears to hear. We can turn them on and we can hear him speak. We can hear him speak. Let me give you the third way that God speaks to us. Not just the scriptures, not just his son, but his saints. God speaks to us through his saints. One evidence of God speaking through his saints is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. God would use... This. You're looking at somebody that's foolish, to be honest. But God may use the message, right? The word, the preaching of his word might sound crazy, I know. But that's what God chose to use to save. I'm the mailman. But God chose to use the preaching of his word, the delivering of his word, the preaching of the gospel, for we're unashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for those who believe, first to the Jew, then to the Greek, for someone to be saved. That's, that's God's choice. How does God save people? Through preaching of the gospel. It's just what he did. It's what he chose. That was his method for salvation. That's why we're big on preaching here at church. That's why we love the preaching of God's word. That's why we take the preaching of God's word seriously because it's that very method that God chose to use to save people. And I pray today, if you don't know Jesus, that he would take this message, speak to you through it, and you would get saved, receive Christ, and be born again into a new relationship where you can hear God speak. You can tune in. Maybe you, maybe, have, you ever, have you ever been in, in the car listening to the radio, like anybody does that anymore, right? And you're, and you're trying to find the right station, and you get, you're getting close to the right one because it's like crackly, but you can hear a little bit of music. Has anybody ever had that experience? That's just me. Right? Then you go one more, one more, one, and then, and then boom, it's clear. Some of you just need to tune in. You need to retune so that you can hear God speak. One of the ways you can hear him speak is through coming to church, through the saints, through the preaching, through the singing of God's word. We don't just preach God's word. We, we sing God's word. That song, Yes and Amen, I was looking on the screen. I just saw that in the scriptures. All God's promises are yes and amen. I needed to sing that over my heart, right? And it's at that moment when we sing the scriptures, when we preach the scriptures, when we begin to eat God's word. Jesus himself said, right, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. So I encourage you, if your church attendance has been a little bit sketchy or shaky or not quite where you think it could be, why don't you start today? Why don't you say, you know what, I'm going to make a commitment for the whole month of April, I'm coming to church. Barna studies show that the, the faithful church attender today in our culture goes to church one time a month. That's a faithful church attender. If you can go one time a month, you're faithful. I think there's a better way because I think that God has some revelation for you through his word, through the preaching of his word that might equip you. My wife and I love to go to church. We go to church when we're on vacation. That means we're real spiritual. Come on. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because I, I don't, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the message for me. Right? Call that selfish. Maybe it is. God wants to speak to me through his word. Right? He does. And he wants to use me amongst 
his church and amongst his saints. Another way that he speaks to us through the saints. I like how it's shared in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 22. Read it with me off the screen. Are you ready? Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Do you want your plans to succeed? I want my plans to succeed. Jesus says, well, tell somebody. Talk about it. Invite some counsel into your life. Invite some advisors into your life, some wise people to advise you and to help make them better. We've been doing that here at our church, and I feel like our church is better because of it. There's some, so, so many wise people in the room, and we need your input, and we need your help. And other people do too. That's why we value charge groups at our church. We don't just call them small groups. Not that that's a bad name, but we call them charge groups. Why? Because when you go to the group, you get around the saints, you get around the scripture, you get around the sun where two or more are gathered. He's there, right? And you get charged up. If you're not going to church and you're not going to group, then you're gonna get, you're gonna miss your charge. You need to get charged up. There's some times where I don't even feel like going, but I know I need to get charged up. And I encourage you to get charged up, to get around the saints, because God might have a message for you, similar to when King David sinned, right? And he was running from God, and he was trying to figure it out. And one day, a guy named Nathan came up and said, I got a word for you from the Lord. Wow. I can't tell you how many small groups I've had at my home or at other people's house where God has just decided to creep in the room and just speak to me in an encouraging way. Always. Everybody say always. Always in the four walls of this book. Never outside of this book. God's not going to contradict himself. God's not going to say something he doesn't mean or something that's crazy, right? But always in alignment with his word for the purpose of building each other up, God speaks to us through his people. He charges us up through his people. Let me give you the fourth and final way that we believe God speaks to us as far as the top ways. There may be some other ways. The most authoritative way is the scriptures. The most powerful way is through his son. <laughs> Come on, right? right? He charges us up through his saints, but there's also another dimension that he speaks to us, and that's by his spirit, by his spirit. Let me tell you a little bit about the spirit of God. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17 says it like this. Jesus says, I'll ask the Father. That's pretty cool. And he'll give you another helper, capital H, helper. You see it? To be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Did you catch that? You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. This is a game changer right here. The spirit of Christ living in you and living through you and living within you will change the direction of your life. If you can discern the spirit of God's voice, that changes everything. We need to hear him speak. We need to hear his voice. And we can by listening to his spirit. We see also in John chapter 10, Jesus continues in this same line of thinking. He says, my sheep hear my voice, right? Jesus is the lead shepherd. We're the sheep. We're just called to follow him. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Here's one of the evidences of whether you hear him or not. Do you follow him? Do you follow the, the shepherd's voice? Do you hear it? He says, I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one, everybody say no one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. I love those verses right there. 
Jesus says, my sheep, they hear me. They hear my voice. And I, I, that's a challenge for me because whenever I have to retune in, realign, I got to make sure I'm hearing his voice. This is the most significant question in my life. Am I hearing the voice of God? Here's some questions on how I can hear him. Am I reading his word? Am I hearing him through scripture? And, and, am I hearing him through the saints around me? Am I hearing him through his son? Do I need to just be reminded of Jesus? Am I hearing him through his spirit? To quote Lucato one more time, he says, he says, Jesus urges us to listen like sheep. The sheep recognize his voice. They follow because they're familiar with the shepherd's voice. Listen to this. Each of the seven churches in the book of Revelation is addressed in the same manner. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Each of the Revelation churches that God chooses to highlight in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, each one of those churches Jesus addresses by saying, are you ready to listen yet? Are you ready to hear yet? My biggest fear is that God will look at Walk Church and he says, man, I can't wait for your church to listen. That's a powerful church. A powerful church is a listening church. A church that says, all right, God, you speak. Speak through our pastor. Speak through our leaders. Speak through your word. Speak through our groups. Speak to me through your spirit. Always in alignment with your word. Maybe you're familiar with this legendary Old Testament passage out of 1 Kings. It says that after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after a fire, a still small voice. What was that still small voice? It was that spirit speaking to you teaching you, growing you, charging you. I want to encourage you, if you don't know that voice, to ask him for it, to get to know it. As our worship team makes their way up, we're going to close right now. And I just, you know, I just want to speak to you away from the pulpit for a second, all right? I just want to do, do this really quick. I just sense it on my heart. I want to speak to you as a brother, as a friend, and as your pastor as well. That this, this, these concepts that I'm talking about has been the, the single biggest difference maker in my life. I don't want this to be another message where you're like, man, pastor said we got to read the Bible more. Take the Bible and smack you on the head with it. That's, that's not the goal here. What I want to encourage you with is I've grown in my walk because I spent time with God and his word. I just am being honest with you guys. Like really just opening God's word, take, taking this ESV study Bible. I got notes all up in this thing. I got, I got little things I wrote. I got tears. I got sweat. I got, I, I got all types of stuff. I was glad to find this thing. And I was reminded of seasons of life that I spent. This just didn't happen. God speaks through his word. I want to encourage you to make it a priority to just get back in his word. You know what's the most cool thing about that question, can we hear from God, is it reveals the character of God. What's the character of God? The character of God is a father who wants to speak to his children. The fact that we can hear from him is grace. Like God's given us 66 books, over 40 different authors. This is a love package from God. This is a library of God. And I, I was challenged as I studied this week that I was like, you know what? I need, to, I need to have a deeper relationship with the word. I've had seasons in my life where I was deeper. I want to go back to those seasons. 
I want to go deeper than 2018 than I've ever went. I want to jump into this ocean of God and I want to swim in his word and read from his word and learn from his word. I want to be ready and equipped for every good work. I want to be a sharp sword. I want to be a Swiss army knife in the hand of God because I'm in his word. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but maybe it's just starting again. Maybe it's picking a book. Maybe it's asking a friend, will you read with me? Will you help me? Maybe it's saying, you know what, I'm going to go to a charge group. Maybe I'm going to buy an ESV study Bible so the, the study notes at the bottom can help me understand better. Whatever you need to do, just do it. I encourage you to get back in the Word. Level up in the Word. God will speak to you. It'll be so fresh. The Father. It pleases the Father to give you the kingdom. It pleases the Father to give you His Son, to give you His Word. That's my prayer for us. We dive deep. Dive deep in His Word. Because we can. We can hear from Him.